In previous episodes of this season, I started taking you through the process of being more trusted. I took you actually through everything that you can do with me, with my guidance, before you are on your own. So I took you through the first six steps. The first step was to identify a relationship, one relationship. The second one was to identify what is it that you're doing bad that's holding you back from being more trusted. The third one was to identify a new habit that will make you more trusted. And the fourth one was to make it I, I call it make it smart, S-M-A-R-T. I'm using an acronym uh, that I didn't invent. And that's to really make it more specific. So something that, that's clear that you know what you're doing. In step five, I took you through how to make it stick, how to make it easier to, to make sure that, that you do that. And step number six, we appointed an accountability partner that actually reduced the probability of you not achieving your goal by a factor of 10. Now, this is all we could do to make a plan. Now you have a plan. You know what you have to do. The first six steps, frankly, could have taken hours, maybe just a few days if you spend more time and did them more in detail. This one is going to take weeks, if not months, because now it's all on you. Now you are on your own. The big question right now is how long would it really take for you to develop, to form this new habit? And that's what I'll answer, among other questions, in this episode. Stick with me. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm your host, Yoram Solomon, a researcher of trust and the author of The Book of Trust. In this podcast, I will share with you everything that I know and discovered about trust. I will challenge you to think differently about trust. But not only will I teach you about trust, I will also give you actionable advice on how to build trust, be trusted, and know who to trust. It's almost like I'm reading The Book of Trust to you, but with no holding back, and no BS. I'll start once again with defining what is a habit. Uh, and I defined it in, in previous episodes of uh, this season. But, but a habit is something that becomes automatic. It, it becomes something... You know, every new habit that you form, that, that you adopt, starts with when you have to think about that. Just like driving a car. You have to think about everything that you do. But beyond a certain point, it becomes automatic. You don't have to think about it uh, anymore. It's not hard anymore. It's, it's hard at the beginning, but it's not hard anymore. Uh, it's uh, You get to the point when you form the habit, you get to the form form to the point where it's actually harder to stop it, harder to break the habit than it is to actually continue. So you just continue it. I mean, just think about brushing your teeth. You build that habit at pretty young age. Well, hopefully you did. Uh, you build that habit at pretty young age. And now the question is, what's easier now? To continue in brushing your teeth twice a day or to stop it? Well, it's actually easier to continue. 
you know, my wife, uh, for her students, my wife is a teacher and for her students, she wanted us, the entire family, to collect water bottle caps because she used those caps. She teaches Hebrew and she used those caps to write letters and, and play games with the kids. Well, so I got into the habit of every time I drink a bottle of water, I would put that cap aside. There was a little bucket, metal bucket that, that my wife left at the kitchen and, and I would leave that, that cap over there. Then one day, after we probably did that for, I don't know, three, four, maybe even five months of every time, every water bottle that I drink, I would put the cap in that bucket. I drink maybe two, three bottles of water a day. And so this was a habit that I practiced twice or three times every single day. Well, one day she said she doesn't need them anymore. She has enough. You know something? To this date, and this was probably two months ago, I still take the cap off and I put it in the bucket. She doesn't need them anymore. Maybe she's throwing them away. It just, it, when once you form that habit, once I form that habit of every time I drink a bottle of water, take the cap, put it aside, I can't stop that habit. I mean, I could if I tried really hard to. I just don't have a compelling reason to break this habit. So I still keep those water caps. This is when you know that you have a habit, when it's easier to continue and do it rather than to stop it. One more thing about a habit is that at some point it starts to define who you are. It's no longer that you do a habit, it's that you are a person that does that habit. And James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, really describes it very well. And he actually uses that as a motivation for you to do that, to continue and, or to form that habit. It's because you want to be a person that does that. But it, what I want you to get from it is that it's not just that it's something that you do. It's that you become a person that does those kind of things. So the big question. How long? How long does it take to form a habit? So I, I rely on a lot of research that was done, uh, not necessarily by me, although some of it was by me, uh, research that was done by others. And there's a piece of research done in 2009 that somehow created at number 66. They reached the average of 66. Uh, that study, and th this is, it, it's really important when you look at research that you know that that research is applicable to your field. And that research is not 100% applicable because that research has to do with exercise. So there are three types of habits that they wanted to form in that research. One of them was to do 50 sit-ups right after you drink your coffee. <laughs> so much better than before you drink your coffee. 10-minute uh, walk after breakfast or a 15 and or a 15 minute walk right before dinner. So those were the type of things. Now, keep in mind that those were habits that you would use every day. You would exercise this every day. And that's something to keep in mind, the, the frequency of how often you do that. Something else that I should say is they came up with the number 66, but you may want to know what the range was. And the range was between 18 and 254 days. So we're talking, talking something between less than three weeks to something that's, frankly, almost a year. 
So there is a very wide range. So we got to be very careful when we say it's going to take 66 days to form that habit. Even those specific habits used in that, uh, in, in that study, those exercise habits. In uh, 2014, when I published the book, Worst Diet Ever, that, that was really a book that, if you think about that, it was a book about forming habits. And, and I used, I quoted that book in the uh, in two, chap, uh, two episodes ago when I talked about, uh, actually even one episode ago, when I talked about uh, extrinsic motivation, which I used, as well as the accountability partner. And one of the things that I wanted to know is if you can lose 30 pounds in one month. And, and the, the answer is yes, you could lose it in one month. But what I found was that I, I'm actually going to give you some of the numbers I, I found. 67% of people lost at least 10 pounds, people who I surveyed for that uh, book. And, and there are 222 people there. So 67% of them actually lost more than 10 pounds. That's how they answered. 30% of them kept at least 50% of their weight loss for a period that was longer than three months. But here's the important part. You are 12% more likely to keep that weight off, the weight that you lost, to keep it off for a longer period of time, for, six, uh, for a longer period of time, if it took you more than six months to lose it. So it's how long would you exercise it to make sure that, that it became a habit? And so I'll tell you a story. Back in 2011, I decided that I needed to lose at that point. I think it was something like 18 pounds. And so I was going to lose 18 pounds and I realized that intrinsic motivation, you know, the fact that I'm going to look good and feel good is not going to be enough. So 2011 was also the centennial anniversary of one of the most iconic guns ever used in the world, not just in the US, the Colt 1911. And I decided that I want to buy a Colt 1911, the centennial model, and I'm going to buy it if I lose 18 pounds. How long do you think it took me to lose those 18 pounds? Less than two months. It's pretty aggressive, but you know what? You have this target in front of you. I'm going to buy that gun. So it took less than two months. I lost 18 pounds. I went and I bought the Colt 1911. Well, as it turns out, uh, they ran out of the centennial model two years ahead of well, the 100th anniversary of the Colt 1911. But I just got the 1911 nevertheless. And for me, it's always going to be the centennial model because I bought it in 2011, 100 years after the 1911 was first produced, which has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about, with one exception. How long do you think it took me to gain that weight back? Probably less than the amount of time it took me to lose that weight, to lose those 18 pounds. Why? Because the extrinsic motivation went away. I already have the gun before this became a habit. What I did for those 12 months was not yet a habit. And so I lost it. And this is where it goes back to you have 12% higher likelihood to keep that weight off if you lost it over more than six months. That's what I found in my study. Then if you lost it over a much short, shorter period of time. So how long you're going to do that is really important.
But we're not talking about weight loss and we're not talking about exercise. What we are talking about is trustworthiness. So we have to assume that this behaves differently and the habits that we're trying to develop, the ones that we define in steps three, four, five, three, four and five, really, uh, actually, I would even say only three and four, uh, those were different than exercising, than, than weight loss. So what has the effect? First of all, we have to keep in mind that the more times that you repeat something, the more it becomes automatic for you. Uh, and, and you know that that's, that's true for pretty much everything. But, but what I found was that there's more than that. So, so first of all, the more you repeat this, the more you structure your brain to be more efficient. You, you remember that our brains are trying to cut corners. We can't be thinking about everything. Daniel Kahneman, in one of his books, talked about uh, the system one and system two, you know, the conscience system that we have in our brain and the subconscious system uh, that we have in our brain. And we are trying to push as many of the activities that we do to the subconscious, to, to turn them into habits. So, so we need to structure our brain to do that. Well, the problem is that... Um, you have to do it enough times or other factors, which I'll talk about in a minute, in order for you to be able to structure your brain to do that automatically. So your brain gets the shortcut. You don't have to think about that. You can free your brain to think about something else. And there is the claim that your brain can consciously only think about one thing at the time. So you want everything else that you do, like breathing and driving and anything else, you want that to be automatic. So for order, in order for them to be automatic, they have to become habits. So what affects how long it's going to take? One is personality. How compatible is that thing that you're trying to do with your personality? Is it something that comes natural to you? Even if it's not a habit, does it come natural to you? The more natural it is for you to do that kind of thing, the easier it is, the faster it will become a habit. The second is how hard is it on you? And, and it's not the opposite of it being natural or not. Some things can be natural and still be hard. How hard is it for you? And in step five, a couple of episodes ago, my focus was on how can we make it easier? Now, if it's too easy, you're not going to form a habit because you're not challenged enough. You're not motivated enough by the habit itself. So it has to be hard, but not too hard for you to give up and not be motivated simply because it's too hard. So how hard it is will have an impact on how long does it take for you to acquire or form this new habit. The harder it is, obviously, the longer it's going to take. The easier it is, the faster it's going to take, unless, again, it's too easy. How long do you practice it every time? Is it something that you do for two minutes? If you only do something for two, two minutes, are we really structuring our brain to turn this into a habit? My guess is the answer is no. We're not, we're not structuring our brain if it's too short. If it's something that you do for two hours, then likely you're structuring your brain more efficiently and faster for this to become a habit. So if this is something that you do for two hours every day, 
it's probably going to be faster for you, faster in the number of days for you to actually turn this into a habit or form a new habit. How frequently do you do that? So if this is something that you must do once a year, like doing your taxes, um, then do you really turn this into a habit? Does it become a habit? Is, is there something that would trigger you other than knowing that April 15th is coming? Is there something that will trigger you to say, well, now it's something that I, I automatically do. This, this is a habit now. Probably not. If it's something that you do once a day, Probably so. You will probably turn it into a habit much faster. Uh, you know, you, you, I probably said it before, and, and I will probably use them more as example, the Blue Angels, the Navy Blue Angels, the, the uh, aerobatic uh, demonstration team. Love them. Love the planes that they fly, the FA-18s. So I, I watched a, um, a video about them. It, it, it was a four-piece documentary about the Blue Angels and how they practice. And there was a period of time which I think was three, four days, not more than three, four days. And after three, four days, I remember very distinctly one of the things that one of them said, it's we started to lose that that our ability. We started to lose our precision, our ability to fly 18 inches wingtip to wingtip. So it's not that, you know, the, the famous statement that you never forget how to ride a bicycle if you knew how to ride a bicycle once. No, you do. You, you actually lose your capability. It stops being a habit. So the more frequently, the more often you do the same thing, the more often you, the more frequently you repeat the same thing, the faster overall in time it will be before it becomes a habit. And the last one is really how sticky it is. The stickier the habit is, the you know it's it's kind of embedded in your routine. You have to do that. The faster it's going to take for you to build a habit. So you know I, I've seen research that said 21 days. It takes 21 days to form a habit. I've seen research that shows 66 days with a pretty wide range of 18 to 284 and 54. But really, the answer is it depends. It depends on the factors that that I mentioned. And I think that, first of all, I would suggest that whatever habits you're trying to form, it has to be something that happens at least once a week. I don't have the research background to support that. And, and at some point, I'll probably build that research or, or create a research and, and find what the real number is and what the correlation is and when does it, uh, is it easier to become a habit for now. You're here, you're listening to this, and you're you're about to start forming a habit. You already defined what the habit is, and then it's very specific. You have an accountability partner. You went through steps one through six. So for now, what I'm going to say is make sure that this is something that you practice at least once a week. And it's not something that takes one minute to do, but it's actually longer. In the example that I gave, meeting my four direct reports for 30 minutes once a week, I think really the habit itself is just putting those meetings on the calendar. So we might argue that this is a little too short of a time, the, the amount of time it takes to put it on, on the calendar. But I'm going to challenge myself and say, but you know what, since the, the habit is not just putting it on the calendar, the habit is really spending the 30 minutes with each one of my direct reports, which 
amounts to a total of two hours every week, maybe it's enough. So consider those factors and figure out when this became a habit. I'm going to give you another reason why there has to be a certain amount of time where you form that habit before it, it becomes really effective. And that has nothing to do with your ability to form that habit and do it automatically in, in a repeated way. That reason is credibility. You know, it's a lot easier to establish your trustworthiness by being trusted by people who never met you before and they have absolutely no preconceived notions about your trustworthiness. They don't know you. This is where you start from nothing, maybe through transferable trust, uh, trust law number five. Uh, somebody else told them that, that you can be trusted, so you've already established yourself. But even if you're starting at zero, you benefit from the first impression. They're very attentive to what you're going to do initially to build that trust. So as long as you're very attentive to behave in a trustworthy way from the get-go, it's a lot easier to build that trust. Then, if they already know you and don't trust you or don't trust you enough, it's a lot harder to reestablish trust by people who don't trust you as much as you would like to be trusted or as much as maybe you were trusted by them in the past. The reason for that is, uh, and, and I explained that when I talked about time in uh, the previous season, the reason for that is that over time, they form their opinion. And changing that opinion, really the, the impact that every interaction has diminishes over time and there is a limit to how much their opinion will change. So I'm going to ask you a question. There is another person that you don't trust for some reason or don't trust enough. You want to trust them more, but you don't trust them enough based on their past behavior. They're, it's not in a vacuum. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Based on their uh, past behavior, you don't trust them as much as you would like to trust them or, or they should be trusted to do whatever it is that the two of you are doing together. All of a sudden, one day, they completely change. They change 180 degrees. Do you immediately trust them? No, you don't. Why? You don't buy it, right? You don't buy that a person would change that quickly, that dramatically, right? Uh, you, you know the phrase, uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? It's an old dog. They, they know the tricks that they know. It's, it's hard to teach them new tricks. So all of a sudden, that one person that there was an issue with trust with them, all of a sudden, they changed 180, 180 degrees. You're going to wait. You're going to wait, and you're going to wait for that to be consistent enough. So when you want to be more trusted by other people, even if, and I already showed you earlier in this episode that you don't change overnight. I mean, forming those habits, making them habits, making them automatic for you to not have to think about, for, for them to be the person you are now doesn't happen overnight. But even if it did, think about the fact that the other person is not going to be willing to accept that change. 
is not going to assume that you have changed overnight and this is it. You're committed and, and you're not going back. They're going to wait for the minute you're going to go back. And it's going to be so much easier for them to say, well, see, we always knew that this is who this person is. They always knew who you are. So do it in a way that they're not surprised. Do it in a way that's consistent. Uh, you can think of them as some kind of another accountability partner. As I told you before in the previous chapter and, and previous step, when you appointed your accountability partner, never have the person who you want to be more trusted by be your accountability partner. Not officially, not for the purpose of step six. But in some shape or form, they are another accountability partner. And if you think about them as that, if you think about the fact that you don't want to disappoint them, you don't want to show that you go back to your old and bad ways that held you back from being trusted, be consistent. Uh, the other thing is let them know. Let them know that you intend to change. Let them know what your plan is to the extent that you can share this. Because you know what? You get extra credit for trying. Now, one more thing that I want you to think about is that you're not going to change overnight. The results are not going to be there overnight. I mean, you may be able to create the new habit, to form the new habit, to, to start doing that thing and, and not miss a beat. Remember when I told you about creating my own habit of flossing and, and using um, the, those soft tips? Remember when I told you that one day I started using them and never I think it was now 10, maybe 11 months ago. Never once did I miss one day of doing both of them. That doesn't matter because the outcome is not immediate. Even if you changed and you formed the new habit, you're not going to be trusted overnight. I already told you just, just a minute ago why. So keep in mind that the outcome will come. I mean, there's a reason why we identified that specific relationship, that specific one bad thing that's holding you back, that specific one new good thing that you're going to do. And, and we made it smart and we made it stick and we appointed an accountability partner. There is a reason why we know that forming this habit will make you trust it. It's just not going to happen overnight. So it will come. Do not be obsessed with the outcome. Am I trusted uh, enough yet? Uh, are we there yet? It, it's going to happen. It's, it's a cumulative, maybe even a compounded result. So every day that you continue with this new habit is a day that, that is cumulative, that, that is possibly even compounded to what you did until now. So this other person that you want to be trusted by keeps looking at you and they go, well, you know, here's one more day that they have done the right things or they have not done the, the wrong things. It adds up and, and you have to look at it that way. It's not going to happen immediately. Your focus should not be on, do they trust me enough? Your focus should be, am I still doing the right thing? Keep on doing the right thing. My focus is on what I do. You know, when building my business, I, I initially I was obsessed with, so do I generate the, the level of income, revenue that, that I was supposed to? Not yet. So am I doing the wrong things? No. 
I was doing the right things. It was only when I started focusing on continue to do the right things, continuously, persistently, no wavering, that the results eventually started coming. So focus on, am I still doing the right things? Challenge yourself. Is there still, a, do I know something that would make me think that doing this or, or forming this habit will not make me trusted doing something by a specific person? If you find that that link does not exist, then change by all means. But as long as you believe that doing this habit will cause that result, keep on doing the habit, but, but keep on challenging. Will it still lead to the right outcome? Finally, again, this changes who you are and it changes who you are by, um, you know, don't do, don't do it just so that one person is going to trust you more. Eventually, it will change who you are such that you're going to be trusted by more people. Remember what I said in step one in one of the first episodes of this season, that you are only choosing one relationship because you have to be very specific. But the odds are that whatever you're doing in that one relationship that's holding you back from being more trusted, you're probably doing in other relationships. So it changes who you are because if you fix that one thing, you probably fixed it in more than one relationship. Do it because it makes you somebody who is more trustworthy. If you keep on doing that thing, and generally, it makes you more trusted by, by some people. It may not make you trusted by all people, and there are going to be people who don't care. There might even be people that by doing this new habit will trust you less. But if the majority will trust you more, then it makes you a more trustworthy person generally. But it really has to start with you believing that you are someone who should be trusted. If you don't believe yourself that you're somebody who should be trusted, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're going to do that and you're going to suffer from the imposter syndrome. I don't understand why they trust me. You have to do that to become someone who can be trusted, to become someone who's trustworthy uh, and believe that you are and you can be that someone. So I think I'm probably back to the question I started this episode with, and that is, so really, seriously, how long? How long do I need to do that? And I told you what the parameters are, what the factors are. Please don't do something that takes one minute once a year. Do something that takes a more substantial amount of time and more frequently than once a year, preferably not less frequently than once a week. So once a week or more frequently than that. But really the answer to how long what is a habit? It's something that you do automatically. You don't have to think about that. So do it until you don't have to think about it anymore. That's that's probably something that's the easiest. I know that for me, kind of in general, I created this rule of thumb that says do it. It's something that you do at least once a week, and uh, you do it for ninety days, or three months, one quarter. Uh, but really, again, you you have to use your own judgment and. And that would be the point. How do you know if, if it's a habit? It's when it's easy enough. It's automatic enough. You don't have to think about that to the point you can take out 
the extrinsic motivation. It just, the intrinsic motivation is now enough. The fact that you're going to be trusted, that, that the result of you forming, adopting this new habit makes you more trusted is enough. Frankly, it's because it's automatic. So it's, it's really easy because as we found when we came up in uh, the fifth step with what the extrinsic motivation is, intrinsic was not enough. But now that it's easy and you feel that you can let go of the extrinsic motivator and you can let go of your accountability partner because you can continue and do that by yourself, that's when it's enough. A word of caution, just so that you don't fall back to bad old habits. Even when you feel that it's enough, even when you feel that it's a habit, that it's automatic, that intrinsic, that it's easy enough, that intrinsic motivation is easy is, is enough for you to keep on doing it, that you don't need extrinsic motivation, you don't need the accountability partner, do the last two a little more. Just, you know, just a little more. Another couple of weeks, another month or so. When I am on a weight loss program and I lost the weight and my target was to be under a certain weight uh, without mentioning numbers, under 200 pounds. So when I needed to be under 200 pounds, when I reached 200 pounds over a period of uh, was about six months, you know, I formed a habit of doing the right things. But you know what? I kept on going. So I didn't have to lose weight. But I made sure that I stayed under 200 pounds for a couple more months. So I kept my accountability partner. I kept my extrinsic motivation for a couple of more months before I said, you know what? I think now it became who I am. I am now a person who's under 200 pounds. So it's not really a number that I can give you now. It depends on a lot of things. And the bottom line is how long? Until you know that this became a habit, until you feel that you're not going to go back to the, the bad behavior that caused you to lose trust. And even then, do it a little longer just to be sure. Now, as you're building this habit, you know, it's, it's very easy to say it works for me with the uh, flossing and, and uh, the soft tape that uh, I never missed a single day. But what if you do? What if you missed once? You, you didn't do it once. Uh, first of all, don't miss twice. I mean, don't let the fact that you missed one cause you to miss twice and, and three times and, and, and then it just... You're, you're back to the old, bad old habit. So don't, don't use missing once as an excuse to miss more than once. The second thing is, if you consciously, you know that you're about to do it, you, you just, you know, you can't. You, you don't feel like it. If it's exercise, for example, if this was exercise, I'm, I'm back to health. If this was exercise, going on the treadmill and you feel bad today, and you go, you know, I'm not going to go on the treadmill today. Go on the treadmill for five minutes. Not, you know, I do 50 minutes plus on the treadmill. Do it for five minutes. Just so that you can check in your head, I still did it today. I didn't do the full thing. I still did it today. But we're not dealing with exercise. We're dealing with the building trust. So, you know, if, if my goal was to meet all four of my direct reports for at least 30 minutes each, every week, this week, 
Maybe I'm traveling. Maybe I don't know what. What, what is the reason? Maybe I'm, I'm only going to be at the office one day. Meet two of them. I'm still going to feel that I did something towards that habit. I'm the person who meets their direct reports rather than someone who doesn't. I don't have 30 minutes. Meet them for 15 minutes, even for 10 minutes, just so that you can continue and do that. Not to mention that in, in this case, these people, they are the people I want to be more trusted by. And so if I meet them for 10 minutes, from their perspective of them trusting me, it's a lot better than if I didn't meet them at all. He still met with us. We understand he's busy, but he still met with us. Have a call with them. I'm traveling. I'm not going to be at the office. Oh, great. Here is an excuse I don't have to meet them. Well, I can have a call with them. With today's telecommunications, there are so many ways that I can have that. Whatever you do, do not stop. Now, um, I'll, I'll give... Again, I'm, I'm going to go back to my weight loss and, and uh, my metric was actually not the amount of uh, exercise that, that I did every day. And, and it probably should have. I, I think the more challenging one was counting the calories, my, my calorie intake um, that made me actually focus on the result, which is weight loss. What is the, my weight at that morning? And, and I'm not going to argue whether that's the right thing or not, but um so then one day I was supposed to be under 205 and I was 206 something. And then the next day I couldn't get to 205 or, you know, maybe it's two pounds different. And you get to the point where you know that the following week you have to be under 204. And you're starting to see that goal line move away from you. You know what I did? I fixed the table. I changed the table. I said, you know what, this is... If I'm going to get to the point where there is absolutely no chance that I'm going to continue and meet my goals every day, every week, every month, you're going to give up. I was going to give up. So as long as you don't do this regularly, change the goal line. And as long as you keep on doing it in the right direction, you know, maybe work is so busy right now that there's no way you know, I'm I'm working seven days a week and I'm spending 10 to 16 hours. Right now, I, I do. I don't know that if I needed to put in another two hours into every one of my weeks, do whatever, this might not be achievable. So instead of me giving up, I can just modify it and say, whether it's for just this period of time or on a regular basis, it's not going to be two hours. It's going to be a total of one hour. Okay, so it's going to be whatever it is. Maybe it's meeting my people 15 minutes a week each and not 30 minutes. I moved the goal line, but still in the same direction. Maybe it was just too hard. It is so much better than just day after day saying, I'm not meeting it. I'm not meeting it. Uh, I'm going to stop working on it to form this as a habit. Not to mention the other people looking at me going, okay, he completely gave up. As opposed to, you know, he just changed the target. It's still in the right direction. So move the target. Possible. Don't do it very often. It should be something that's extreme and a very rare measure. But it is a possibility and it is so much better than you just giving up because there's no way you can get back on track. So at any point in time, make sure that you can get back on track even if you 
got off the wagon for, for a short period of time. Just make sure that it's short. Let me summarize this episode. In the first, uh, the previous uh, episodes, I talked about steps one through six. Uh, those steps were the assessment of what I'm doing wrong and what would be a good habit. And it was really planning. How do you create? You, you created the environment uh, of a habit that's well-defined, that's easy and, and, and will stick. Uh, you created an accountability or appointed an accountability partner. You really didn't create them. And so you created the plan. This step is execute, and you're on your own here. You have to make sure that you can continue, that, that you continue and do that for as long as, as it needs to, to take place. Uh, the, the question how long, it really depends on when, all kinds of factors, but um, it, it comes down to when you feel that you acquired that habit. The, um, to, for it to become a habit... It needs to be automatic. It needs to be easy. It needs to be something that you don't have to think about. It's the point where you can eliminate the extrinsic motivation. It's the point where you don't need your accountability partner anymore. And it's the point where it is who you are right now. There are three books that I want to recommend uh, in the general area of habits. There is a fourth one, uh, The Psychology of Habit. That's more of an academic book. Uh, that, that I have where I read a lot of research. I, th- this is not going to be one that I would recommend for you unless you want to know the research behind forming habits. For me, it was essential for to be able to share with you or, or build this, this trust habit um, framework. But the three books that I would recommend are The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. That's a book that really explains how habits are formed. Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, really a top seller because here he talks about forming habits. You can see that the book is more about kind of personal habits, less things that that relate to what we're talking about in this this podcast, uh, which is how you become more trusted. And finally, I would be remiss if I would not recommend Worst Died Ever, one, one of my books, actually the second book I ever published in 2014 that talked about those habits in the context of losing weight and living healthy. And it's really when when you read that book and and you see my framework today, you see how closely related and how very similar they are. This is the end of this episode. In the next episode, I'll talk about what's next. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com slash workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. 
Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.